Duke's mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it, too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Duke's is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Duke's. It's got twang. This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their taproom in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yo, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. This is episode number 203 of the show, and this week we're talking with Suwannee, Georgia's Still Fire Brewing. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me as always is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. So joining us today, we have Phil Farrell, the brewmaster for Still Fire Brewing, and we also have Walt Wooden, the head brewer. <clears throat> for still fire brewing and it's i'm all choked up over it i've been looking forward to this you choked but, up, yeah, man. Little, you can handle it you can make it through yes, this Brian. yes we're here I, for you i think i can do this uh so we're going to talk about making the jump from judge to home brewer and or web developer to home brewer basically Ooh, yes. or to uh professional brewer excuse yeah. me you're just messing us yeah all kinds i am of. we'll I am. make it through this yes one day we will make it through judging beers Home brewing and uh, probably some rubber chickens. We might, we might rubber get some chickens. rubber chickens. Yeah, a popular yeah. topic. Phil today. and uh, Walt, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We're currently sipping one of your beers, gents. We've got uh, one here. It is Orange Diva. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Orange Diva? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'd love to do that. Basically, Orange Diva is a uh, Belgian wit beer base. It's a recipe I've done a lot, and the one I the one I found that I always gravitated toward was Pierre Sellis's original Ho Garden recipe, where he used a lot of uh, flaked oats and uh, also uh, uh, white wheat and unmalted wheat. And it was just a wonderful, you know, fluffy, flavorful beer, very delicate spices. And my wife liked it. And so I knew I had a, a good beer there. And I said, well, what else could I do to it? So I started like playing with different fruit flavors and. As soon as I did the blood orange, her eyes got big, and I said, okay, I'm on to something. So I brought it in to the gang, and I said, hey, everybody, what do you think about this? And it just went from there. It's it's an easy, it's dangerously easy to drink. Oh, very. You could really kick a lot of these back, which I'm going to do my best to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've actually gone through a couple of them already, to be honest. <laughs> we have. Yes, telling the truth there. So, Brian, what did you get into this week, sir? So, yeah, uh, it was a it was a pretty busy weekend. Uh, did a uh, little visit to scepter brewing arts to uh, check out again beware wolves but also the barbalith uh, that's a really good uh imperial, imperial stuff they're stout. making yep really uh, and no adjuncts you know crazy no but they did say they put some of that in barrels they so did so eventually it will have barrel and or adjuncts so for people who have to have that for their stouts uh made a uh a little side uh, journey over to Rosati's to have some deep dish pizza and a mystery saison that we I loved that. so much, yeah. and I have no idea what it is. We don't but, even uh, know for sure that it was a saison. Yeah, you know that's true. It's on the so we went to to this pizza place, Chicago Deep Dish, and we ordered a beer that was supposed to be an IPA, 
and it comes out and there's tons of fruit and funk, big Brett character. Oh yeah. I'm like, there's no way. And so we asked them and they said, well, the keg says it's this beer, but I tried it and it's definitely not that beer, but it was a great beer. So it worked out. Okay. And I thought it was an almanac that happened to be on the menu. I ordered that. It's a different beer. So I have no clue what that was. So yeah. What did you do, Tim? Oh, well, Brian, of course, you know, some of the same. We hit a couple of the same places together. We also went up and checked out Cherry Street's new brew pub in Alpharetta, Georgia at uh, Halcyon. Yeah, new development there. Cool. It's uh, popular in the Atlanta area right now, these mixed use. I'd say more Atlanta suburbs, you know, these kind of live, work, play areas. Sure. And uh, that's what Halcyon is up there. And uh, Cherry Street opened a new brew pub there a couple months ago. Went up there, tried out their beers, delicious stuff. They had a pineapple milkshake IPA. That I like. Oh, yeah. Their lager, they just called it, I think, Lake Beer Lager. Lake Beer really Lager, good. yeah. And Brian, the finest fish and chips I've had in the Atlanta area. That You, you had them made spe- special did, for I you. I did. Yeah. They did hook me up there, yeah, because they're not supposed to be on until the dinner menu. We were there a little bit early. Yes. But they hooked us up. They had that uh, Tuesday morning barrel-aged stout that uh, I got a little sample of. That was quite nice as well. So it's, it just, you can't go wrong. It was there. good. It's good yeah. food, good beer. Yeah. Fantastic. Phil, how about you, man? Anything exciting this week? Well been working a lot working. Uh, yeah we gotta have, make the beer right well yeah we're, we're finally got to the point where we think we have enough product we hammered it hard we literally started brewing operations september 26th because we had a transformer crushed our sewer lines were cut we were uh surrounded by construction projects that uh, were not of our doing and it was just one of those things where uh, we were playing catch up right from the beginning because we'd already put off our uh, grand opening, but we we uh, absolutely uh, have nailed it. I think. I mean, as I could not have expected a better reception to our beers. So, how close were you to your originally planned opening date when you actually opened? Um, probably what three weeks. We delayed okay. it. Okay, that's but not But there, bad. Were, there yeah. were two delays. The problem was. The delays were only when I just screamed bloody murder. I said, look, um, I can't give you a bunch of beers in two weeks or six days or something like that. So they kept pushing it back. But the problem was originally when we were talking about it, because of uh, time to do the front side of the house and do all the build out, we were going to have six, maybe even eight weeks to be brewing before we, we opened. And that didn't happen. Just didn't happen, huh? And it wasn't, again, it wasn't our people. It was something just outside our our control. Yeah. And Walt, I imagine uh, much the same for you this week. Just brewing yeah. the beer, right? <laughs> just brewing, yeah. yeah. Um, I also have to put information from the beer and all the ingredients we have into a database. So I've been doing that this week, too. Keeping it all together. Gotta oh, keep yeah. tracking it. You do. You know, Tim, I think we got to talk about the beers of the week now. <laughs> Crack open a cold one. It's the Truck and Tap Beer of the Week. Woo-hoo! Craft beer and food trucks in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. Well, Brown, we've got a lot of great beers to get into. Uh, we've got one from uh, Roswell Brewery, Roswell, Georgia. Variant Brewing, Smorning in Session, which I think is a sec- session stout, Brian. That's one uh, yeah, from your stash there. A session version of their uh, Dark Alchemy Oatmeal okay. Stout. Yes. Sounds good. Uh, we're also going to get into, of course, still fire beers. We are into the Orange Diva right now. We also have one called I-85 Shilling, which is a Scottish shell. And we've got Glory Haze, Northeast IPA, that we're going to dip into a little bit later. And then we'll see what else we get into, Brian. So what's happening this week in the news? What's in the news? The beer guys have the scoop. Extra, extra, read all about it. 
time for headlines. All right, so the big news this week is pretty big. Kieran-owned subsidiary Lion Little World Beverages, I've never heard of them before, is buying New Belgium. So basically, Kieran is buying New Belgium. Uh, New Belgium is currently the fourth largest craft brewer in the U.S., so again, a pretty big deal. But as you probably guessed, the amount of money Kieran is shelling out for the brewery is undisclosed. But we do know it's an all-cash transaction. I'm just kind of guessing here, but I'm assuming it's a little less than Heineken paid for Lagunitas by a little bit. So probably not a billion dollars, but there's no telling. I haven't actually, I looked around for some guesstimates as to what the, the price might be, and nobody's hazard a guess. So that's probably on the safe side. The purchase is expected to finalize by the end of the year, pending the approval of regulators and employee stock owners. Uh, spoiler, I think the employees are likely to approve the deal because more than 300 of them are going to make in excess of $100,000 on the deal. So they're getting paid for their ownership, basically. As of now, there will be no changes in jobs with the deal. So New Belgium is keeping all their 700-ish employees and, and the upper management. So what makes this buyout a little different is that Kieran's, this is Kieran's first full brewery acquisition in the U.S., and Bart Watson speculated in a uh, article I read in the Denver Post saying that this could mean that they have a little bit more autonomy going forward than other bailouts do. So, and Bart Watson is the chief economist for the Brewers that's right. Association, right? Indeed, yeah. yes. And, and a guest on the show previously. So rumor has it New Belgium has been quietly looking for a brewer since 2015, saying that raising capital that they need to continue growing is kind of at odds with remaining a, an independent craft brewer. So been difficult. And the Colorado beer scene, it's been a little rough for them. Uh, Coors moved out, out of uh, their headquarters out to Chicago. Avery sold out to Mahu San Miguel. And Boulder Brewing Company recently downsized and discontinued distribution. So, yeah, kind of a rough time for Colorado right now. We're seeing a lot of stuff shaking around. We've talked about Portland and what's going on there. Yep. The challenges they're having, I think it's just we're seeing a changing climate. We've got... Uh, I think we're over 8,000 now. Do you know if that's right, Phil? 8,000 It's over 7,000. I don't know if they've hit 8,000. It's moving that way. I keep but... seeing 7,500, but okay. I'm not sure if that's yeah. the official number or just, well, obviously it's a guesstimate. So. We'll see. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few years. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a break, but we'll be back very soon to talk more with Still Fire Brew. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, hoppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their tap room in Marietta, Georgia to taste and see. Also visit their barrel room for an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing. Establishing a new standard in craft beer. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you miss an episode, don't worry. All episodes are available as a podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting app and never miss a show. Now let's get back to our talk with Phil Farrell and Walt Wooden from Still Fire Brewing. Gentlemen, thank you both for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, we've moved on to another beer we're drinking an I-85. This is an 85 shilling beer, right? Yeah, it's between uh, what 
the old uh, tax rate of 80 shilling and 85 shillings. So it's right in there, you know, in the mid sixes for uh, alcohol. Uh, you know, I was going to ask that what the difference in like the 80 shilling and the 90 shilling and all that was. That's uh, it's, it's a, a tax. Very, tax it's thing? a very old reference okay. to the taxation and everything. They had 60, 70 and 80 shilling. And then that kind of fell out of uh, favor as far as labeling stuff. So. Of course, American craft brewers, anything we can latch on to, everybody grabbed onto it, you know, the tradition. We're going to take the traditional beer. We're going to up the ABV. There's going to be some fruit or milk solids or something in there. Probably a lot of milk solids, yes. Some lactose. I was curious how back in those days they were actually measuring ABV or if that was part of the how they figured out what the uh, the shilling that the tax rate was it would always be a light beer i'm like oh this tastes really heavy oh no 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 60 no, shilling that's that's, that's right, totally 60 exactly. shilling <laughs> thick as mud like, no no diabetes no, 60 right <laughs> well phil we want to talk to you we're going to spend a, a decent amount of time talking home brewing with you i don't think we can do a show with you and not do that so oh absolutely for the folks that are not familiar your bio a little bit you were a fighter pilot in the military Yes. Flew fighter jets, a commercial pilot for yeah. uh, 30 years, I believe. Yeah. Uh, you are a home brewer, of course, and you are a BJCP Grandmaster Level 5. Yes. Certified beer judge, one of the top 10 highest rated beer judges in the world at this time with some great company up there at the top, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, you've brewed with people from, we were talking about Alan Sprints at Hair of the Dogs, Sierra Nevada. Just uh, you've lived the life, correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I had a very charmed life until I started this project. And- See? <laughs> now look at this. But this was something no. you told us a little bit. How did you go from kind of the, the super home brewer to getting into professional brewing? It was totally the right situation at the right time with the right people in the right place. You know, when, when things come together... You sit back and you look at it and you say, how on earth could I not have seen this convergence of ideas and time and perfect uh, situation? Randall, we were we were talking about Randall before, who uh, runs VDG and also used to do the uh, Swanee Beer Festival. Now, VDG being Bugler Design yes. Group, they're yes. a, a PR and marketing firm here in the Atlanta area. Yes. They and, work with several different breweries. And yeah, such. they're in uh, Buford. And... Um, Essentially, Randall tapped me on the shoulder. We judged beer before. I had helped judge his homebrew contest. He partnered with um, Bob Carlton over at uh, Brew Depot to have a um, local beer contest and everything for homebrewers. So we would judge the literally judge the best of show at the uh, beer festival, and it was a a great thing to do. And he just tapped me on the shoulder one day and just said, "Hey." would you ever think of, uh, you know, running a brewery? And I'm kind of like, well, you know, that, that ship has kind of sailed. I'm kind of like late in life. And, you know, times I thought about doing it, there's just too many obstacles, you know, single person trying to, uh, you know, do that type of business. When I say single, I've been married for over 40 years. I'm talking about single in business. As singular, right? Yeah, One singular person, person single proprietor. in business. Yeah. yeah. You know, there were a lot of ways to do that, but it was just, very daunting, you know, and every time I really decided to do something like that, something really bad happened, you know, everything from 9-11 to the economy crashing in 2007, 2008, 
there were always things going on. I'm like, man, this hang is on, just... maybe you shouldn't have done this brewery thing after. No, all. I'm, <laughs> right. I am excited about this. Yeah, but what happened was he said, "Well, what do you think about this place over there?" And he pointed at the fire station. And I'm looking. I'm standing in Swanee Town Center. There's at least thirty thousand people there going to a brew festival, you know, and I'm our beer festival. I'm just. Oh my God, this would be like the most perfect place. It's eight miles from my house. And he said, Yeah, we're gonna we're thinking about doing this. Come talk to me about it. You know, we'll have a talk about a talk or whatever. And, you know, he just said, I'd love to have you brew beer for us. So I'm thinking about that. And when we went in to talk, he essentially introduced me to who the team was gonna be. And the team, it's one of these things where it's a dream team. You have the Beatles and everybody did something and I can be Ringo and be the drummer and just make the beer. Drum away, right? Yeah. I don't have to worry about marketing because I got an entire marketing group to, right. you know, set up to do that type of stuff. You were commenting on the labels. Yeah. And great the, looking labels. Really oh, it's yeah. just gorgeous. And I mean, every time I look on social media stuff, I mean, I totally understand social media. I'm not saying I couldn't master it at some point. But I can't brew beer and master social media and run a business and do all those other things. And that's where the team comes in, to have a group of people. And the thing that's so cool is everybody loves beer. Everybody on that team loves beer. They really and truly love beer. So when we start talking about what are we going to brew next, what are we going to, you know, where are we going with this? I just love the fact that it's always about the beer. Everybody you know, gets in and is passionate about it. It's not yes. it's not strictly a business thing. There is no, a true passion no, no, for no. beer there, right? Yeah. I mean, this is not like, oh, we're gonna make some new labels and that'll be cool and doesn't matter if the beer isn't good, we'll it'll it'll power make, us through. Make good beer, keep it going. Yeah. No, I mean they totally no. are into the beer and there have been some ideas where we said, Okay, let's like pull back from that, let's go this way, let's brew this beer, that type of thing. And again, I can brew anything. I mean, I really believe that, and I've been good at it for a long time. Now, all of our brewers, we're all home brewers. I mean, every one of us was brewing for ourselves. We were not brewing commercially. But again, that passion for trying to make a really good beer, a beer that impresses people. When you see musicians who have had a good career, they always talk about, well, what do you want to do musically? Well, I want to impress other musicians. Well, with me... And the, our team of brewers, we want to impress other brewers. We want other brewers to say, that's a really good beer. We really like that. Yeah. And Walt, we've got you here with us as uh, you're the head brewer, correct? Yep. So yep. The part of the, which beetle are you? That's what, exactly what I was going <laughs> to ask. I really wanted yeah. to ask that. Which beetle? I am the roadie. The, the roadie. roadie. <laughs> somebody's got to do it, right? Yeah, somebody's got to do it. it uh, Randall came to me one day and he said, uh, you know, we need to have a, a a little brewery in our office. Why don't you go, here's $3,000, go go buy some stuff and put it together. So I said, oh, this is great. So I did a lot of research, put together a really nice electric brew system, spent $5,000. He took the credit card away from me. and uh... That's <laughs> yeah. Now, so to tie the piece together, Randall, Randall's one of the founders of the, of the brewery, correct? Yeah, he's... Mm-hmm. And He's, you had worked for him previously at yeah. his design firm. You were doing web design web there, design right? Web design and okay. graphic design. It's all coming together. The piece of the puzzle are falling into place there. Indeed. So as a BJC 
CFP certified judge, like a grandmaster judge, before you got into this brewery, you've done a lot of competitions. What's one of the more the more interesting competitions or locations that you've actually judged at? I've many times gone up to Alaska to do a uh, barley wine festival in January. That's pretty oh, nice. Interesting. Been down in uh, Argentina, Buenos Aires. I've been. Um, Mexico for the uh, Copa Cerveza, which is the Mexican Beer Cup, which is their version of the GABF, the National Homebrew Competition, all rolled into one. It's it's just a absolute blast. I actually, uh, thanks to a good friend of mine, Owen Ogletree, got to uh, be invited to help crown the grand champion of British beer at the Great British Beer Festival, oh, cool. which is the precursor to the GABF. So once again, it's one of these things where once the doors have been open and you know the people and you've gotten a chance to show what you can do, it's amazing how many places you get invited to and you get to go to. Checking out all the cool beer places. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to wrap this segment up, but we'll be back very soon to talk more with Still Fire Brew. Is your brewery or restaurant pouring all jacked up? Your foundation needs to be protected from heat, chemicals, and other contaminants. At the same time, you want to make sure it's slip resistant and you can clean up your messes with soap and water. You know who to call? ResTech. We've been manufacturing poured-in-place flooring since 2002, and we've got solutions to fit any facility's needs. Go on and visit our website at ResTech.net. That's R-E-S-T-E-K.net. Drop us a line and we will come to you for a free evaluation. Oh, yeah. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram well i'm sure i'd feel much worse if i weren't under such heavy sedation now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show i want to give a quick shout out to one of our great radio affiliates wqee 99.1 fm in noonan georgia catch beer guys radio on wqee 99 rock the key every saturday at 10 a.m local time now back to beer talk with phil farrell and walt wooden from still fire brewing Gentlemen, Phil, we started talking about it, and then we kind of uh, changed topics on it. We started talking more about the brew, but we want to talk a little homebrewing and homebrew judging with you. Uh, give give maybe some tips to these homebrewers out there. Now, Walt, are you a judge as well? Are you BJCP? I am not, but... Uh, You're no grandmaster? No there. grandmaster, really. So. But uh, the first beer that I did make uh, that I put in for judging phil judged it and i got a 40 on it which is pretty good that is a good solid score. yeah you know All let's right. talk about phil's judging then. <laughs> that's right so you know phil's actually judged our beers in the yeah. past walt did you know that i it, didn't know that it, you know what and let me tell you walt it was a beer i was probably the most proud i've ever been of a beer and uh, i just, it was perfection it was perfection but do you know what phil didn't agree <laughs> with that so 
No, this we did a peach saison synesthesia pesh that we did, and uh, our synesthesia saison is kind of our flagship homebrew. And we Phil, we put a beer in a competition here local to the Atlanta area. And, and I will preface this by saying that many other judges made the same comment. But I I'll tell you this, I hadn't told you this before, Phil. I got my score sheets back, and I'm looking over them, and it's like too light on the peach, too light on the peach. I'm like, man, they probably got some newbie judging here. Doesn't know what he's talking about. So I go, <laughs> <laughs> I go up and look at the name. I was like, oh, uh, okay then. So a grand what? No, yeah. but that's something, <laughs> Phil. We talked a little bit about that. About a brewer doesn't necessarily brew when you brew for what you want to drink. That's not always going to be cookie cutter to a style if you enter it in a competition. Correct? Yeah, that, that's absolutely correct. The uh, styles are based on historical information and on where the you know, the entire craft beer movement is going. So like the classic one right now is the New England style IPA. You know, some people call it hazy IPA, some call it milkshake IPA, but the style that, or the name that's kind of caught on is New England style IPA, but it's all over the map. There are ones that are sweet. They're using all kinds of things to enhance the mouthfeel. Uh, they like to feature juicy hops, but some people add juice, they do all kinds of things. And if you were to look at what people considered like classic examples of the style three years ago, the commercial aspects of that have changed so much in the last couple of years. It's, it's amazing. Because that, the style, it officially got added to the BJCP guidelines in the latest revision, correct? That's correct. And I think the, the style is actually called hazy, hazy or juicy IPA. Is that well, it's hazy, but JBF is separate from the BJCP. Right. So every year, the JBF writes new guidelines. And like when I go to the World Beer Cup in San Antonio next year, there's separate guidelines. Even though the Brewers Association is doing it, it's separate guidelines for the World Beer Cup in 2020. And then the JBF will have separate guidelines for that because they're always maneuvering the contest for what is happening in the commercial beer industry. For the BJCP, we tend to look a little bit further back and say, what has withstood this, you know, the test of time? With IPAs, we realized things were going in IPAs, so we set up these specialty IPA categories where you can kind of call your own shot, and it allows for the variations that are going to happen in between we do major revisions. The big thing is when somebody's trying to do a contest, the brewers don't want to be confused. The judges don't want to be confused. And the person who's running the contest doesn't want to have to sit there and try to arbitrate every possible iteration of things. So essentially, like if tomorrow you wanted to have a dog contest, you would probably say, I think I'll just go with what the AKC says is a breed of dog and just go with that. And that's what we do with the BJCP. We write style guidelines that will stand two, three, four years maybe of change and then we adjust to what's going on i mean when i it's funny that things are moving so quick that it yes. is every few years you need to make these changes now well it it is because people are very innovative and the tastes change and let's face facts there's some styles that are in the bjcp's style guidelines that people don't brew often at all so and there's styles so, coming on and being dropped well uh, or uh, they're, merged they're, yeah they're merged they're dropped it's one of those things again um, look at Goza. I mean, three times in history in the last hundred years, Goza was a dead style. They didn't even brew it where it was originally brewed. And then it was resurrected again and again and again. 
And now it's a very popular style with craft breweries because American brewers said, hey, we can do something with this and people like it, especially the way we're doing it. And off they went. But throw some know, fruit in there. We're good to that's go. Right. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, you know, again, in Germany, you would you would laugh because most of the people in Germany didn't know Goza was a German style of beer. In Germany, they didn't know that Goza was. No, okay. I mean, because it was very regional, very tightly, you know, right around Leipzig. And that that's oh, yeah. just where it, was, where it was brewed. You know, and if you had the actual Leipziger Goza, so different than most it's American soft. interpretations. Yeah, it's not very soft, salty light at all. tartness yeah. and that. Now, uh, looking at that, though, that's still true in Germany today. It's very, still quite regional. It gets Absolutely. around a little bit more, but you kind of drink, you're in Cologne, you drink Kolsch. Yes. You know, you're in Munich, you drink a... Uh, Hellas. So I go to Dusseldorf. I drink alt beer. That's just what Same. you do. Yeah. So for a homebrewer kind of getting started and going into competitions, Phil, what's a tip you'd give? Is there a common mistake that you see homebrewers making in competitions? Well, probably the hardest thing is going from being king of your basement to being king of the contest. The, um, the hardest thing is putting it in a bottle and then transporting it. So all of your sanitation and all those things you read about and everything else, it's extremely important when you're bottling beer. And still, I mean, obviously people can can beer, but for the most part, homebrewers bottle beer. And to take it from whether you're doing it in kegs, whether you're doing it in carboys, whether you're doing it in plastic fermenters, to take it from that point and get it into a bottle and get it to a contest with the warming and all the other things that happen to keep it stable. That's probably the hardest thing because a lot of people say, oh, I tried the beer and it's great. And these people who are judging it don't understand. It's not that good. I've been at the GABF, the World Beer Cup. I've worked both sides of the contest, both as a judge and also as a uh, contest staff. And you know these people spend a lot of time and money sending beer into the contest and you'll try it and you realize it just didn't survive the, the journey. and it has to do a lot of times with people who are not used to packaging beer. So it actually sounds like one of the questions I was going to ask is one of the ways that you could improve your homebrewing uh, your results is sanitation. Like it, that affects sending it off to a competition, but it also affects if you bottle the beer and give it to a friend to try later. Sanitation is a big deal because Absolutely. if it's not right, it's going to develop into something weird. Yeah, and, and the, the other thing that, that kind of gives you a false sense of security is at home, you're never going to mistreat your beer. So you're going to keep it in a refrigerator. Sure. When you give it to your friend, hey, keep it cold. They put it in a refrigerator and they try it. They say, wow, your beer is great. <laughs> you always get good reviews when you're handing out free beer. Oh, sure. Exactly. Absolutely. So that's it. When your buddies are coming over and they're getting free beer, it's easy to get a good review there. Even if it's just an okay beer. You know, the hardest thing I always thought about the competitions was figuring out how do I enter this beer into the competition? Is there any way of making that an easier decision process? You, you have to read the style guidelines and say, does this beer really fit in that style guideline? That's the hard part. And if you're doing something that's a little bit out of bounds or something, you know, for example, your peach Saison, right. you could not enter that as a Saison because immediately people would pick up on the peach and say, wait a second, I like this beer, but as the style, it's, not right. it's the German Shepherd with the big fluffy tail, it just doesn't look right. And as a fruit beer, since we decided to go subtle with our peach, 
the beers that are banging out the fruit are standing out more appropriately for the fruit beer category. Exactly. And again, it's than not like light peach saison. And again, yeah. it's not like you were judged against twelve peach saisons. You were judged against all kinds of other fruit and all kinds of other yeah. you know uh, styles. It happens, man. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We need to take another break. We'll be back soon to talk more with Still Fire Brewing. Have you ever thought about owning your own brewery but don't know what it takes to get one built? We're Storytime Construction, and we build breweries. We're Georgia's most experienced and hands-on contractors when it comes to building new breweries and tap rooms or expanding existing breweries. We offer full build-outs, remodeling, and additions, as well as consulting and construction management. Give us a call at 770-733-4343. Storytime Construction. We build breweries. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram to be the man you gotta beat the man Woo! now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to beer guys radio show if you enjoy the show please consider supporting us on patreon just go to patreon.com slash beer guys patrons get some cool perks like beer guys swag commercial free episodes and even bonus episodes that aren't available anywhere else also we have a swag shop we do have a we swag do, shop, Tim. Ryan. You can go to beerguysradio.com and just click on store. With the holidays coming up, there is literally nothing cooler than Beer Guys Not swag. a single thing nothing. in the entire nope. world cooler than You know, beer there's guys a swag. car company that has this thing called the December to Remember sales event. No <laughs> yes. one wants a luxury car. No. They want a Beer Guys That's t-shirt. right. Or yeah. possibly a hat. Or a hat. Now yeah. back to Beer Talk with Phil Farrell and Walt Wooden from Stillfire Brewing. Gentlemen, we've had a great time talking with you, drinking your beers. We have got recently into your glory haze, your hazy IP. You know something I need to ask here? All of your cans feature this really cool looking uh, raccoon, right? Uh, The raccoon has a name, right? Does he have a story? Well, that's Bandit. Bandit. And we are on our third name, and I really love our third name, but uh, we had a first name, and then when that didn't get approved, our second name was tested and it supposedly was available it was noble bandit and uh randall came up with an entire marketing plan and everything for noble bandit brewing and uh needless to say it got shot down because there was going to be a uh, the lawyers said there was going to be a challenge for the naming rights because of a wine company so they pulled back from that but bandit survived we kept him with still fire okay See, and I know that the word noble is used with some brewing companies as well. So it sounds like you may have had different angles. Yeah, it, it's troublesome. one of those things where they, after the first one got uh, shot down, they um, had done some focus group testing. And it was one of these deals where they threw out a dozen names that supposedly were available. And Noble Bandit hit like on something like 75% of all the people. So they said, okay, this is where we need That's to go. One, huh? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's what marketing people do. They do focus groups. Well, well, Phil, talking about Glory Haze here, uh, delicious beer, hazy IPA. Uh, you'd mentioned, I think, that to get the haze, really nice haze in this beer. I got a lot of pineapple on the nose, citrus fruits. There's a little bit of East meets West happening in this one. So there is a little bit of bitter uh, citrus pine. 
But uh, you mentioned something that I hadn't heard of before, that there's an additive to, I think it's to stabilize the haze in these. Well, there is, we don't use that. Okay. Uh, there is, um, believe it or not, the same people who made all these clarifying agents in the brewing industry. Uh, Joe Formanak, a good friend of mine, he was former vice president of the BJCP, like I was vice president of the BJCP. He, like I, have also won multiple medals, um, you know, home brewing and everything at the National Homebrew Competition. He, at the last um, Crap Brewers Convention, was working for one of the companies. Now, instead of selling a clarifying agent, they're selling a haze stabilizing haze, agent. Uh, the haze stabilizer. Is yeah. that just water? Because they already have the clarifying agent. If you pour in a little vial of water instead of the clarifying agent, the difference <laughs> would be so profound. They were like, oh my goodness, it you stabilized the know. haze. Yeah, I don't know. I. It's one of those things we don't think we need right now because we're so small. <laughs> sure. But I'm sure if you were dealing with like large runs and you were dealing with trying to you know, keep it consistent over, you know, big product line. That might be something you might look at. For us, we just uh, used uh, traditional things that will cause haze, you know, using some oats and some other uh, things that add basically proteins to the beer. You know, mention that, Brian, you were kind of saying that about adding the water and joking. If your brewing process, has, if you fine-tune that for clear beer with your water and your process and all that stuff, then you can run into a situation where you try to make a hazy beer and it drops clear on you. Exactly, yes. I, I've, we've done that. Yes. And I've seen pro brewers do that. And so it's something where you, there are certain things you need to do to get your haze there. Oh, yeah. And and the other thing, too, is a large batch versus small batch. I mean, it's much easier to keep the haze if it's a small batch versus a large batch. Like, one of the things I was curious about, I had never brewed this beer at, in a 20-barrel range, and I was curious if we are going to have a problem sitting in a serving tank, a seven barrel serving tank. And so far it's been good. You know, it hasn't like dropped clear on us and everything, but we also used a yeast that was known for leaving yeast in suspension. So some of that is the grains and some of that is the yeast. Low flocculation. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. The, the, I, Attenuation it, and flocculation. Yeah, you watch watch how you say flocculation on the radio. Got to be right. careful. Yes. Watch that. Yes, I always think Conan when I hear that the the yeast that leaves haze behind it. So it really is not so much something that the yeast does to the beer. It's just the yeast stays in the beer, basically. Yeah. In fact, it was interesting because Beersmith, the program I used to like do my uh, beer calculations. They don't even list this yeast. It's a White Labs uh, strain. It's called, uh, of all things, London Fog. London Fog. Okay. Yeah. That's, I know a lot of the London Ale yeast are the ones they recommend that uh, that you use. Great coats. Those English ones. But the Beersmith's a great program. We use it as homebrewers as well. And they do pretty regular updates. They try and get the new stuff in there. Yeah, but sure. this, this particular strain they don't have Just on there not yet. In there, huh? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I got a question for you. You have a beer you call a New Age Saison, and I put that in quotes, and I'm air-quoting right now for people who are not watching. It's a the Suwon Song Saison. What is a New Age Saison? I don't know what that means. Well, it's Suwon Song, like Suwanee. Yeah, Suwon Song, okay. yeah. What, I called it a New Age Saison because I used Southern Tier Hops. So it's essentially a mosaic hop which gives a big fruity characteristic to it. But um, because I used a base that I was using for a brewed IPA, it's extremely dry, very drinkable. 
The spiciness oh. comes from the yeast. It's just a really nice saison, but it's got this interesting fruity note that I think a lot of people find very pleasant. It's a very drinkable beer. So very dry and very fruity is kind of the, the gist of it. Yeah, well, it's not very fruity, but it's got nuanced fruit, which I really like. It's one of those things where if you were looking for a saison, you would notice the dryness, you'd notice the spiciness, and then you'd say, wait a second, I'm getting a little bit something extra. It's not quite out of style or anything like that. It's just something interesting, and I think it works really well. Kind of a, but wait, there's more kind of situation but with wait, your beer. There's yeah. more. Yeah. Only more, new and improved. <laughs> Speaking of only more new and improved, what's uh, what's the future hold for Stillfire? What are we going to see coming from you there? Well, right now we're um, concentrating on our tap room. So now that we've pretty much filled up the taps and we've got product ready to go, we're hitting the winter time where we're doing a you know bunch of large beers. When I say large, I mean uh, not large volume, but you know high gravity beers. So the types of beers you'd want to see in the wintertime, so everything from a Imperial Stout to a, uh, we're doing a Belgian Quad, I uh, have a, uh, a barley wine that's coming, a Scotch Ale that we're going to bourbon barrel age. So there's just a lot of things going on that uh, you'd love to drink in the wintertime. And then, of course, um, once the spring hits, we're going to switch over and probably start dealing with things that are a little bit more quaffable in large quantities, you know, that type of thing, you know, lower alcohol, lighter flavors, that type of thing. Go for the gozes, right? Some gozes, some lagers. Well, we've been doing that. We've been doing that from day one. Yeah. We've been doing that from day one. We have a a lot of um, kettle sours that we've done so far. Uh, A mango sour. We um, decided to call it Senorita Margarita. It's a, uh, literally a margarita goza and it works really well brian brian doesn't like hearing about breweries doing margarita gozas because he wanted to do a margarita goza homebrew and we never got around to it about about, six years ago and about that time (laughs) is when we started seeing different breweries pop them up so he he gets a little bitter each time he hears yeah yeah well it it became a thing where everybody has done them so at a point there i no, no longer feels like a personal affront like it's out there. It's, it's fu- you're fine now. Yes. They're not. So, you no like longer feel attacked. Four or attacked, five years huh? ago, I, I felt injured personally, yeah. but now I'm I'm okay. So with you're that. saying he was getting bitter, as in international Brian units. That's right. That's right. Yes. IBUs. IBUs. International My IBUs Brian were units. very high. Then. That's it. Yes. Phil, we're about to wrap up here, but if folks want to know more about Still Fire Brewing, what's going on there? What's the best way to do that? Uh, our website www.stillfirebrewing.com. We're on uh, Facebook, we're on Instagram, all the social media platforms. You can look us up and uh, we've got a weekly uh, update to everything that we're doing, brews and beers and events. It's a great place to check us out. Fantastic. Sounds good. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. We really appreciate you coming out and uh, hanging out with us and bringing some beers. Well, thank you. Pleasure being here and uh, we love to uh, share beer with, with our friends. Awesome, guys. We appreciate it. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Coming up next week, we're going to be talking experiments with Brewlosophy's Marshall Shot. For more craft beer info, follow us online. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a great week, and don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Duke's Mail. Do you get it? Because 
only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it, too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Dukes is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Dukes. It's got twang.